Welcome to Lack of Focus, an X-Wing Miniatures Game podcast, brought to you by Dice Hate Productions. Hello everyone and welcome once again to another episode of Lack of Focus, episode 56, Alternatives to Fighting. I am your host, Ed Horn, and alongside me tonight, my partner in crime and gaming, one Mr. Chad Brown. Hey everybody. And of course, Mr. Sean Dorsey. Sean, how's it going, my friend? Good, how are you doing? God, push the talk. Come on. <laughs> it's not like I haven't used this thing in two weeks. I know, I know. I think that totally stays in the final cut, too. We don't edit that out, Chris. I hope not. Uh, I truncate the silence now to give the listeners oh, a shorter show. So. And, of course, you've already heard him but our producer extraordinaire, one Mr. Chris Sheriff. Chris, how's it going, my friend? Good, thanks, Ed. All right, so tonight, obviously, there's still not a whole bunch going on with the, uh, the the world as it is now. So the interesting topic that we have for this evening's conversation are alternative uh, ways of playing X-Wing, other than just your good old standard 100-point dogfight, winner-take-all, punch-you-in-the-face and win the game. It's 200 points. It's 200 points now, you right. old oh man. God. Old oh, man. Wow. Oh, wow. That shows you how long it's been since he's played. He did. I absolutely just dropped back into first edition there for some reason. Holy cow. Thank you for calling me out on that one. All right, but in the meantime, let's kind of go over what we've been doing in gaming. Sean, I've not talked to you in a bit, so what have you been up to lately, my friend? Um, This game called D&D. Um, and Mondays. Most Mondays. Mondays. A um, lot of Animal Crossing, because it's simple and mind-numbing. Um, and some Civ Six. So. Ooh. Yeah, I'm on an online game with three other people right now. So, what you know, you back to Civ Six? Uh, got my Wednesday night game group. Those guys, three of them, or two of them, playing it, and they had just ended a game and needed a fourth. And I'm like, "Hey, can I join?" And they're like, "Yeah." I have no idea what I'm doing because I haven't played Civ Six in like a couple years, probably. <laughs> so I'm I'm Gilgamesh and I'm war carding it out. So, oh, there you go. We'll see how it goes. Other than that, not much. Actually, I talked to my son for a little bit this weekend about trying to get some X-Wing in. Not next weekend, not the weekend after, but probably in about three weeks, breaking everything out and getting all the dust off everything and then trying to figure out how to play, you know, figure out how to play the game again because it's been so long. <laughs> it has been a while. We need we need to do another episode where we actually get some vassal games in just to kind of keep the keep the rust from forming. I'm afraid that's already starting to set in at this juncture, but yeah. Yeah, it'll probably be a while before there'll be, you know, like tournaments again, it looks like. So you know, whatever you can do, that's what you gotta do. So um but I think we're also gonna try to get a tiny bit of um a couple other games in, possibly a Legion game, but I'm not sure. Um Ooh. and then a armada game in if if we have time that that's that's a tougher one for us but um, it goes back into what we we're talking about before we started at time yeah grown-ups and having time to play longer games and that's you know with with the i think the problem for me right now other than my back of course is it's summer so getting things done i'm back to a a nine hour work schedule at work so there's a lot of things that it's kind of eaten up time that I had before and um you know adulting I guess is what you'd want to call it so yeah adulting sucks adulting yeah. and you know in a uh, restricted environment doesn't really help yes absolutely agreed all right Chad I haven't talked to you in a bit my friend what have you been up to lately um I've been painting D&D minis I've been painting um Marvel Crisis Protocol minis um, yeah, they're really good, I aren't have, they? What's that? The, the Crisis Protocol stuff is really nice to paint. Yeah, because it, it's slightly bigger, and then like a Games Workshop twenty-eight mil kind of thing. So you have a little bit more of canvas to play with. I find I really enjoyed. I did the core right. set. No, oh. that's what I'm working on right now. I got a core set, and then I also bought the uh, the Hulk expansion pack. Yeah. So I'm also working on the Hulk uh, along with the core set. Um, I've got like I've said, got a Hulk and a Venom to do, Chad. So uh, we'll have to compare notes. Venom's uh, my next one. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I've been painting. Uh, some guy keeps talking about wanting to play 40k, but he can't be bothered to play X-wing as it is right now. 
Um, you know, <laughs> so like I don't see where he's gonna have time for that. That's what I was telling him, Chad. Uh, there's, there's no way Ed's ever gonna play 40k. I, no. I think it should paint your stuff, it's fine. I just admit it, you, you're a collector, you paint, it's fine. You, you're not gonna spend three hours playing 40k, just be real. I absolutely am going to. So what we did, um, so oddly enough, in a completely coincidental conversation, uh, Chad's son, Logan, reached out to me um, and had mentioned that he and his brother, Josh, were looking to get back into some sort of gaming. And just completely coincidentally, um, I guess they'd gone out to Gettysburg uh, at some time in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Walked into a game store and they were like, oh, man, I totally remember doing this. It was so much fun. We should get back into 40K. So that kind of started this snowball rolling. And, of course, I'm going to rip Chad in because if I, if I can. Now, obviously, Josh has table, never played before. What's that? Josh never played before. No, I know. No, I know. This will be a good so, time to teach him, too. So um, yeah. Point, point being, um, because we're in the times that we currently are, there is, of course, this little thing called Tabletop Simulator out there, very similar to what we would do for Vassal. Um, and there's a lot of cool communities out there right now for playing 40K that are doing it in Tabletop Simulator. So I gave the guys some links, gave some videos. I'm going to give it a shot. Like, I'm going to try to set up like a once a week kind of, you know, thousand point, just kind of get together and like roll some dice on tabletop simulator kind of thing, like once a week or so, um, just to kind of start getting into the new edition, start learning it. Uh, and then once, of course, I'll hopefully at some point in time, when some of these, res- this starts dying down, there's a vaccine out there and we can all start mo- going back to some semblance of normal life, um, getting back on the table. So of course I've been building, well, I'm getting into mine, Chad, I'm going to go, I'm going to let you continue on with yours. Sorry. Now, um, but yeah, I look into kind of put a little bit more paint to uh, my 40k stuff. Um, just because I've had so many people confuse like my regular Chaos Space Marines with Berserkers and all that because I went with an old red and gold color scheme and this was like back in second edition. And it's like, oh no, nowadays they automatically assume they're Berserkers. So I'm going with more of a word bearers where I'm just going to replace all the gold with more of a pewter color. Like a like a silverish pewter kind of something like that, yeah. Um, which is just doing the trim, so it's not going to be that different um, than what they I've normally look like. I've never had that problem, but I've played your against your army so many times. I guess I've just I've never. The core berserkers have a different headpiece. Like the head thing is the yep. helmet's different. Oh, I know. There, there's people who they can't figure that out, and it's like, um, no, those guys over here that are black and gold and. That those are my berserkers over there. It's like these red yeah, guys yeah. are not berserkers. Yeah, the so, ones that come screaming I'm, into your face with chain swords and Karn the Betrayer, those are the corn berserkers. Those are the ones you want to worry about. Yeah. So basically, I've just been uh, doing a lot of painting, um, just playing some mobile games, reading up on some of the uh, 40k stuff. Outside of that, not a whole lot because the guy I normally would play games with locally, you know, he sits in his basement all the time playing magic on his computer and yeah. I've earned a whole whopping $19 off of that. Thank you very much. (laughs) I'm rolling in the pocket change. How much have you spent on magic over the years? Uh, all right, all right. That's not a fair. <laughs> Don't. How dare you bring logic into my <laughs> this conversation? <laughs> it's not even that. It's a, uh, uh, if you want to know the YouTube life, how many hours have you put into your YouTube channel so far? Oh, you know, re- recording the videos, pr- planning the planning the videos, recording the videos, editing the videos, and Absolutely. and then you yeah 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 I know you, you've made nineteen dollars, man. Go, go, go yeah. you. I, I have. I have. Uh, oh. um, you make less than military personnel. <laughs> absolutely. There are waitresses I, who don't get good tips that make more money than you. Uh, there there are prisoners who make license plates that make more money than I do. It's more of a, like a badge of honor kind of thing. Like, hey, someday I'm going to be able to buy myself lunch off of, <laughs> of all the work I'm putting into yeah. this. I freely admit that. All like, the ugly the strippers are laughing at you. <laughs> I know, I know, right? <laughs> what was that? What was what was that Tosh joke? Like some guys make, make it rain. I, I I make it hail as I throw nickels somewhere. I'm a baller on a budget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. right. Yeah. Just just getting everything ready so that someday when somebody claims they're coming back to gaming, I can be ready. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. I've been I, so I've got stuff like like I'm at arm's reach. I just got done priming, finishing my Triarch Stalker. Um. I was telling, I was telling, this, this is awful. I felt so bad. This is, this has to be my 40k uh, wall of shame. Um, so yeah. I, I don't want to trample over yours, Chad. Are you finished with uh, the stuff that you've been up to? 
uh, yeah, pretty much. But I'm just going to point out that you sat there and you're like, yeah, I've got with I've got stuff within arm's reach. I've got lots of swords and knives within arm's reach. It doesn't mean I'm going out killing anybody. Just because yeah, you have 40k true. stuff doesn't mean you're going to go play. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But yeah, so obviously, as Chad has alluded to, I've been really sucked into 40k. Um, I Unfortunately, the points and all the, the rules have kind of leaked uh, up to two weeks prior to the, the game being released, as often happens. And the army that I really, really wanted to get back into and playing apparently is on the short end of the stick of the way the new edition of the game is going to be is not going to be very good um, in the onset of ninth edition. I'm sure that that will change over time. There'll be a new codex, there'll be new points adjustments, that kind of stuff. But from the from the onset, it looks like that Tyranids are going to be a bad army in ninth edition. So I went, oh, well, that sucks. So I put those back on the shelf, you know, finished all the stuff that I'd been started on painting and finished those up. So I did paint models um set those on the shelf and i'm like oh well necrons are supposed to be the big bad guys of ninth edition darn it i've got those too and i went to my wall of shame chad and i found yeah. a necron track stalker and a doomsday arc that were still in the cellophane meaning wow. i bought them and never opened them that's as bad as that really cool monolith you have that you've never painted i found that too i found that too that's also on my list of stuff i want to finish you don't. It's a new monolith. You want to get a new one. No, no, no. I, I customized I like... this monolith for him. Yeah, Chad's is going to light up. It's the, the It still works, too, by the way. I tested it. <laughs> of course he it put, works. <laughs> yeah, he put lighting in it. It's going to work. I can't wait. I'm actually looking forward to that one. Um, But yeah, all long the clear short... green glows. <laughs> What's that? All the clear green pieces glow. Yes, super cool. Now I just need to put some paint on it and finish it, which is actually shouldn't be that difficult. But long story short, so yeah, so that's how I've been spending my week. I finished painting up Gene Steelers that I literally put into a box and said, okay, when you get a new codex, we'll bring you back out. Um, put that right next to the Swarm Lord that I was super <laughs> looking forward to finishing. Um, did that too, so they're all nice tucked away in a box. Um, pulled out all the Necron stuff to kind of get an idea of what I had Necrons. I had more stuff than I genuinely thought I did. The Necrons are the one army that I can honestly say that I thought most of it was painted. And it is, for the most part. I think 85% of it is painted. But when you find two models that you haven't even opened, and you find a couple other models that are prime black, and you're like, oh, I thought I finished these. So now I've got a whole bunch of Necron stuff that I've put on my table. Yeah, that, um, that next step after spraying and black is really hard to finish Necrons. I mean, <laughs> fucking hope that bolt gun metal spray doesn't exist. Oh, Done. <laughs> Spray them one color, spray them second color. Oh, I'm finished now. Cool. Look at me oh, and my painted army. Oh, it's all done. I think it's hilarious that he thinks he finished anything. All right. So, yeah, admittedly, Chad helped me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I commissioned Chad to paint my uh, Necron race and stuff for a tournament that we were doing because I just did not have the time. But that being yep. said, they're all painted. All my lords are painted. All my lords are painted. All my vehicles are painted, with the exception of the Trox Soccer and the uh doomsday arc that i just got done putting together i was telling chris that um i went to finish my doomsday arc last night and i hadn't put the arms on the driver yet and i went to go into the box to find them and i found the sprue and they weren't there so now i have to call games workshops and be like hey can i have some arms please for a model that i probably bought six years ago and never opened just customize some I, you know, I might do that. I, I'm going to have to go through and see what I have. I might have a few arms. It might not just, be, it might not be worth it to call through them because I found um, one of my, um, not the Praetorian Guard, what are the, the, the their version of Thunder Hammer Storm Shield. Um, damn it, that's going to drive me nuts. I can't think of the name. Point being, I found a unit of, of five of the Thunder Hammer Storm Shield version of the Necrons and one of them is missing an arm off of his sword. And I'm like, oh, and I couldn't find the bit. And I'm like, I will customize that because I've got a couple extra um, cryptic bits and i'll just use that for that so i may have extra arms floating around that i could do that with. yeah because i yeah. um I, I i fixed that one warrior for you where we put him on a little bit bigger of a base because we did the picture from the book i found him and too. i had to customize some pieces for that i found him too and he is still in need of painting what the hell i never got around to painting that one yeah no shit you've never got around to painting a lot of stuff i know i know well i'm fixing that but long story short yeah that's been basically my hobby life has been either reading 40k catching up on 40k fluff watching youtube videos of people actually playing ninth edition with the new points kind of getting a feel for how this game works up and studying up on tabletop simulator and how to play stuff online um that's the, <laughs> that's been what i've been doing um i did break out contra with the kids on the old nes uh that was a ton of fun spent about a good two hours playing contra uh i sent chad a screenshot and i'm like okay. gauntlet has been thrown <laughs> Because Chad's really good at Contra. 
I got to the point where I didn't need the cheat code to beat the game. I haven't told them that exists yet. I have I they I, I haven't told them that they can. I'm trying to train them the right way. It's sort of like whatever you show your kids the uh, the original Star Wars movies, you show them the old ones, the non-special edition ones first, so that they get it right. <laughs> so so it's like do you have those on, I came over. Do you have those yeah. on like VHS? VHS, baby. Yeah. Because I don't think that what special edition everything DVD forward is special edition, right? Yeah. Correct. Correct. The only place that you can so, find it, it is a the last one that they ever produced is a solid black set for, and it, it's like cheapy art, like the the updated art for the the posters. Um, and yeah, that's the last time they ever printed those, and they still work. At so some you're point not in time, I love about the, the I, contra code. No, no, I did, they know it exists. They just don't know that it's a Konami thing. It, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a thing. Like when I came over to play Mario Brothers, and like I went through the warp zone, and they stared at me like I was some kind of video game god because I knew that existed. <laughs> I wasn't going to spoil it for them. You have sometimes you have to let the kids explore the world themselves. You know, you don't want to learn my hand, hold their hand through the whole thing. Yeah. So yeah, I had a friend. You I had didn't a friend tell me that work. though. I don't. That's fine. It's better that you did that because now they're like, "Whoa, Chad's a god at video games." But yeah, no, I had a friend of mine at work dump a whole bunch of uh, NES games on it. He found it in his garage. He's like, "Yeah, I've had these for years. I don't know if any of them work. Do you want them?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Contra was in there. Battletoads was in there. A whole bunch of cool stuff. Um, some games we wanted, some games we had doubles of that we ended up trading in um, and getting other NES games. So the, the NES collection is doing well. Every single one of his games worked. Every single one of them. I had to clean them. And we did the whole professional cleaning kind of thing where you take them apart and you know clean them clean them the right way. But every one of us fired up on the first time every time. So it was it was fantastic. So those were cool additions to the 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 collection upstairs. Can't wait. But yeah, that's it. That that's been me gaming. Chris. Maybe you've had something else more to to do. We've obviously had some unfortunately meager gaming the last couple of weeks. Um, I prepped D and D, and then it didn't happen, so I didn't have to prep as much this week. I, I decided I changed my mind and like unprepped, so I have re-prepped to do. Uh-huh. But, no. but no, I've been uh, been working a lot, just trying to get extra money. So that's it. I think I've I finished Sean's. Um, and I was going to say warrior priest, but he's uh, a no, priest. I'm a, I'm a true cleric, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Is that, has that turned up yet, Sean? Not yet, no. Not yet. Usually oh. when you send me stuff, it's about 10 days. All right. Um, so hopefully that'll arrive. Um, his nice shield of the faith of St. Ezra, which Sean will never receive because you can't open the lock. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been good. That's it, really. Work. Um, had a meeting with the, the owner of the store on Monday, try and revitalize where we do stuff. So it means I've got more work to do, but it also means I have more work to do. So, you know, I don't know if it's a win or a loss, but I'll have some money. And um, yeah, means I'll uh, be able to spend it all on toys. I bought... I, I spent all of the uh, savings I've had because I... I siphon off a hundred dollars a month um, into uh, my like, account for when I go anywhere with Evie, because like the zoo was closed and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I spent all my savings from that on um, Iron Man VR for PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I forgot to ask so, you about that. How's that going? Uh, I've not played it that much because I've been busy, but it's so good. Um, definitely worth it. Um, I'm glad because. I didn't want to get my heart set on getting VR for squadrons and then not being able to play because it made me sick or something. But I managed okay, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Good, good. I can't wait till squadrons come out. Oh, God, I can't wait. Yeah. All right, well, that's it. That's for that's our flight deck. Um, we don't really even have a ton of news to talk about. I know, Sean, we were talking in the pregame about the, uh, the damage decks came out. I think we kind of semi-talked about that before. They're out there. Um, I'm happy that they did that. It it was the final piece of material that you need to be able to start the game as a new player and not necessarily have to buy the starters. Yeah, I think that was kind of the thing that I was going to bring up about it was the idea that they've kind of opened the game up. You know, it's now you can buy dice, you can buy the templates, you can buy everything separate from having to buy the starter the big thing and you can download the rules and everything online now so um 
really, you can just get into the game by going out and buying chips at this point. Yeah. yeah and not worry about pigeonholing yourself into a course. At one thing, asteroids, the, the obstacles. I thought they had obstacles. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, the one that comes with the um, environment <laughs> cards that we played that game with. Um, I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking about the, the ones that come like in the starter box. Oh, yeah. yeah. The only place to get those specific obstacles is to buy that box, but you can buy some obstacles separate. Correct. And some come with ships, don't they still? Um, yeah. The To get the other gas clades, you have to buy either the um, squadron pack for a Republic or a squadron pack for a Separatist. And then the only way to get those three debris and those three asteroids are in the starter set and then the rest are in um hostile environment i can't remember what it's called now i'm gonna gonna look it up so your variety of obstacles is limited yeah unless you get into the core set things like that but you still don't need to buy the core set to play the game which is like those things are like they piece those out all over the place so if you really wanted to you could ebay yeah or you know Never tell could, me the odds. Yeah, I was going to say, or you could find people that own like five corsets and just talk with them and say, hey, can I get some of those rocks and stuff? Yeah, yeah. They'll, probably, they'll probably just give them to you. Yeah, at this point, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, that, that was kind of what I was going to bring up, Ed, was the fact that I think now we're at a point where you don't need to buy anything. Buy corsets, you can just go in and start buying ships. Conversion kits, if you had 1.0, so, you know, or came across 1.0 ships, um, yeah. you know, I, I think you'd be in a pretty good shape. That be was interesting. That oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, it would be interesting to see uh, doing the $101 squads that they used to do where you had to buy a corset, <laughs> seeing, what you can, seeing what you can do now that if you would knock off the price of a damage deck and the never tell me the odds, so you have the stuff to play. Because you share dice with your opponent, that's fine. In a post-COVID world, and you should share dice for your opponent in a post-COVID world. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, Don't you remember when the tournament rules used to specifically state that you had to have all the contents of the starter set with it? Yeah, including the Senate's show. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And how many times were any player ever checked for all those content? Oh God! I I called a judge at Worlds so at least once. Did <laughs> you really? Yeah. <laughs> Where's the X-Wing? He doesn't have it. <laughs> no, I, I I asked him, I called the judge and I asked him if he had his Senator's shuttle. And then he asked me what I was talking about. I said, well, you have to have all your car set components. <laughs> True. I did say that. Oh. So, so it's not my fault. I wanted my free win. Didn't want to put like, engage with playing my opponent. Just, <laughs> I, I'm going to I'm gonna win worlds. Right? This is how I buy playing no games. Because yeah. nobody's going to have that. And I'm going to win every game by default. Yeah, Chris won Worlds by the length of time it took the judge to get to all of his tables. I mean, I'm sure once it got to a cut, people would go and buy a car set. But yeah. At least I would have made the cut at Worlds. I'm not going to do it for a fucking skill, am I? Or, or at least if they're going to play you. <laughs> Oh, I'm paired up against Chris Sheriff. Crap. I'm going to go buy a corset now. Yeah, oh, hey, we laughed. The second time he pulled that off, it'd be out and about, and people are like, all right, we're just going to buy one corset and just pass it around to every one of player who, who's playing Chris, and they'll just take it with them. I mean, that's how much I cared about winning, Ed. Like, why, <laughs> why, I don't, why change your dial or, like, fucking weigh your dice or, you know, do all of these other cheating things when you can just win by enforcing the rules. That's right. Microwave the dice, man. That takes time. You have to get it right. I mean, you have to go through so many dice to get them right. Yeah, just yeah, just play by the rules. <laughs> Easy. All right, so since we're not going to, like I said, we, we kind of highlighted the fact that now we can actually go out and play the game as a new player just starting off from there. Um, the main topic for tonight that Chris proposed for us actually is super interesting. Chris, I'm going to let you take that away. So... I was reading in our Discord that some of the Edmonton guys were playing in an online tournament. Um, what did we call it? It was like a welterweight competition, they called it. So basically, it chopped off all of the Initiative 5 pilots and all of Initiative 6. So Initiative 4 was the highest you could get. And then it was normal squad building after that. So that seemed interesting. I came up instantly, the 
the cogs start turning of like what turf and ears are for turf's ability is really good if he's always moving last and you know mm-hmm. turf and ear echoes are for vendors are for you, you know do all of this fucking awesome weird and wonderful suddenly become super powerful aces and you can fit more <laughs> of them in because they're cheaper are you are you right in fact you don't fit more of them in you just have a bigger bid because as we previously discussed Yes. It's cheating. Um, yeah. And then I was like, oh, well, what else could you do? And there we go. That was it. So I decided to put it to the cast to try and think up a different way to play X-Wing that isn't, I think it's 200 by six is what the cool kids are calling it. 200 points by six rocks. Ah, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, so I didn't realize the 206 point, re- the 206, uh, 206 restriction there. Darn. I had a couple of good no. ideas that- just no, but, no, it's what it's in. It's in standard X-wing is where you build your two hundred point squad and play around six obstacles, mm-hmm. five of normal rules. So what's diff? What you would do is different to that. So if it's playing, oh, okay, good. Uh, if you if you wanted to say, well, we I would do it one hundred and ninety nine with five obstacles. Technically, you would have won. You'd have asked me where my senator shuttle was, and I wouldn't have it. You played by the rules and beat me. It's okay. <laughs> that's not what I had in mind at all. That's not when I was thinking about this topic. That is not what came to mind. But I'll let others chip in. So, Chad, I haven't heard. What do you think? A new, cool, alternative way that isn't the old stock standard smash them up and beat them face kind of game. Well, be, being the uh, the the goofy kind of joking around guy that I am, I was going to suggest like strip X wing where you assign depending on how many articles of clothing you have. You divide 200 by that number, and every time you lose that many points, you have to take off an article of clothing, which makes the game really interesting when you got two really big, sweaty guys, and it's like, I don't want to destroy <laughs> your ship. I mean, <laughs> I, I get in. I, I, I would... Could I... I think that, that uh, final salvo every game, I think. <laughs> right. It's just... Oh, what you... You failed to engage in 75 minutes? Go. What, what was going on? Can't imagine why nobody rolled attack dice this entire game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was the joke thing I came up with, and I was just like, that would be quite amusing. <laughs> that would be quite amusing. I don't know how well it would go over the tournament scene, but you're right. That could get a it could get a little bit fun. It's funny because where I <laughs> thought it, it kind of ruins what I was going to end the show on. So I was going to see if the listeners wanted to vote on what kind of format we played from what we proposed. <laughs> but um, immediately doubting the uh, asking the internet a question when you've got something like that on the table is probably not the best idea. <laughs> So then a better suggestion um, <laughs> in, in 40k um, I've, I've played a couple times called beer hammer where you, you drink a beer as you play and then you set it down once it's empty on the table and it's now a piece of terrain. Um, do something like that, but it's now an obstacle. Ooh. You could roll that into like, the, the asteroid shower terrain card thing where you you get to deploy it, so you every turn one of you has to finish a beer. Well, I'm just saying, like it depends. I mean, if you can hold your liquor and you can drink beer real quick, you could really screw your opponent over. Oh, let's say, let's say you could do it every uh, every other turn when it's your turn to place the obstacles. You can place as many obstacles as you finish beers. <laughs> Encourages fast play. Oh crap! He's drinking quick. Go. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we wouldn't have like those fucking Sydney FL players taking 20 minutes to decide if we're going to boost our barrel roll or barrel roll and boost. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Oh, fucking look at that. You ran into my 17 beer cans. Well, best you roll those attack dice, fucker. Yeah. Oh, you want to slow play me? Bad See, decision. And you're definitely calling him a fucker because you're absolutely wasted at that point. <laughs> At that point, you'd have Ed, to be. Ed knows I can drink a lot. I would have, like, the entire table, like, covered. <laughs> yep. It'll be an interesting game, to say the least. Yeah, those are all misses, Chad, I swear. I can't see him from here. <laughs> you also just rolled four tennis balls, but it's fine. <laughs> and you may have picked my dog up and tried to have it do a K-turn, and it just didn't work. 
It's a K9 turn. It's a K- <laughs> there you go. Oh, how did I not see that coming? I totally should have used that. Oh, oh. <laughs> All right, um, so we've, uh, got Be- we've got Beer Wing as uh, the first nominee. I, like I can it. see that. I can see that. That's definitely more of a fun game. Hey. So, so I have all left turn NASCAR, large base ship, um, racing. <laughs> sort of like Mario Kart kind of thing? Yeah. So what it is is that each ship, you still restrict it to the dial, but you'd make the, the we'll call it the track, um, so that it is a little forgiving for the ships that don't have, like, sharper turns or sharp close quadrant turns. Um, but basically the whole and your whole and shields are your hit points and every time you bump you lose one it's kind of like uh you know like wear on tires things like that every time you bump or every time you would go off the or out of the track you get put back in the track but you roll a random roll to get you back in at different angles um but basically the hole and shields are the amount of points if you run out of points you lose and make it a three-lap race and see who wins. But all large base ships. I, the, I would have a... And the track is only 12 inches wide. <laughs> Ooh. Very interesting. I think you should do it all... Uh, do it anti-clockwise, so we have to turn right, just to punish Jumpmaster players. <laughs> do that too, yeah. I mean, you do that. Oh. Everything uh, is right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. As long as the turn isn't 180 degrees, they can like do it. Or they'd have to do like three, four banks in a row and take a long the or, outside turn. Or what you have to do is is first lap is left. Once you cross the start line, you have to do a K turn. Then you're rolling right. Like once you start, uh, once you cross it, you have to do a K turn and you're rolling left again. Um, and then of course the last lap would be the first person that crosses the line wins. That's still alive, of course. Whoa! And then you could add a variant. You could add a variant that's combat racing, where where everybody is turreted. Then at that point, and a hit doesn't do full dice damage, but you still roll the amount of dice to ship rolls. And if you hit, then you do one point of damage, taking shields and then whole. And crits do count. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking something like Mario Kart, where you're like dropping like prox mines and stuff on there. <laughs> that would be the very, that'd be the combat variant of it. Yeah, where you oh, throw prox mines, and, but, but the damage isn't you know roll three hits, you get three damage. The damage would always be one. But if you're ion, you know if you throw something that's an ion effect, and the guns can all shoot 360. So if you're shooting torpedoes, it's all 360. If you're shooting everything, it'd be you're just like one big turreted. Monster. Oh, that'd be cool. And that that would be a one lap race there. Because <laughs> chances yeah, are nobody's going to make it through. Yeah, that would get brutal quick. Very much so. See, now I feel bad because yeah. I didn't come up with like a fun one. Like, I, I mean, I thought mine was fun, but these guys definitely put a lot more thought into it than I did. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I can go next if you want, or I can go no, last. Mine's going to be lame. Um, so <laughs> I, because I'm also as excited as you are, Ed, about Star Wars Squadrons. I was thinking about the battle mode they showed off in that one, where you start off in a dogfight in the middle. You had and very then, similar thoughts than I did. Yeah. Then it, you push on to the next area. So I wasn't going to, I think we've got like five stage, like capital ship, capital ship, escorts, and then. You um, take, a, take out their yeah. um, lead yeah. ship or whatever, their command ship. Yeah. But I thought you'd do like um, three tables effectively one with a radar, one with a CR90. And then the middle table, just an asteroid field. And like do it where you you have a finite number of ships. So you start playing on the middle table. So say you, you've got a squadron of 12 ships. You put, put what you want on the table. And then the losses carry over and have it as like waves and stuff. So if you if a rebel player wins, you move on to a raider table. And then if a raider player fights them back and you go back and forth and stuff. Yeah, no, I like that. That, that that is very similar to what I was thinking because one of the one of the events that I had I think the most fun is when we were trying to this is when Chad and I were really trying to get the X Men community up and going um, at our local store and one day right after the day the the CR ninety released we decided to have this big event where we put the CR ninety down and we literally just had ships sitting on alongside the table and people were like oh neat what are you guys playing 
hey, we're playing X-Wing. Do you want to play? Here, grab a ship. We'll show you how to play. And like literally it was just this entire narrative event that we kind of did where the whole goal was either you were trying to protect the CR-90 from getting one side of the board to the other, or you're playing the Imperial side and you're trying to take it out one, one way or the other. But very similar to what I was thinking. So I guess I have to go to my backup plan because I did have a backup plan. <laughs> That's still a cool idea, though. Yeah, because I think the way I do it is like build like four or five different lists so if you play like i'll, I'll take a rebel perspective because it's easier uh, if you play four x-wings in the first game and put push through you smash you lose two x-wings and but win then you can bring on like your bombing so you have your your five y-wings with bombs and they're gonna try, try and just fly them through a radar do as much damage as you can use the x-wings to kind of keep it and then it, it resets so You've got to try and get your Y-Wings back and stuff. So I'm trying to work out how to do the attrition properly and like having finite ordnance. So maybe take reloads off everything. So we've got to go back to the CR-90 to reload and stuff. Uh, yeah, I think I think I'm getting mightily into um, Star Wars role-playing game territory, though. Yeah, no, it's still fun, though. Oh, yeah. Well, like I said, that, that was my top choice was something very similar to that. So I will go to my backup choice. My backup choice was... His um, backup choice is his real choice. He just said he, he had the same choice as you because he liked yours, Chris. <laughs> no, that was... I was legitimately going to talk about that event that we took to CR92 and we had, we had... That's how we basically started the entire gaming group was how we locked so many people in by seeing that event. That was legitimately my choice. The other one that I had in mind of was different play styles. So again, not nearly as fun as uh, Beer Wing or, or Mario Kart Wing um, was objective based and toying with objective bases. Um, basically setting it up so there were like three objectives on the board and w um, whenever a ship is taken up, when it, whenever a ship is destroyed, it does it returns, except it returns from your table edge. And the objective, of course, is there's three objectives on the board, and you have to fly directly over them, and you score a point, and that's how you are scoring points. So like it's, and you'd have to set an X number of rounds. I think I think I I think I came up with like twelve rounds. So however many points you can score in twelve rounds. So like the objective closest to you is worth one, the one in the middle of the board is worth two, and the one on your opponent's uh, table edge is worth three. So the objective being, if you're going to take all your pilots and try to score all these objectives sure you can sit there and do loops on your one 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 and score them that way in low ones but if your opponent comes in and starts taking you out and they're hitting that middle one um it was just an alternative way of playing and that destroying the ships isn't necessarily the objective to the game it's you're trying to do a mission kind of going all the way back to like those x-wing versus tie fighter days like sure killing ships is cool and you're kind of that that's kind of part of it but you're here to do a job and our job in this particular point is to hold this radio tower or to, you know, skim data off of this particular transmission satellite or something like that, like to be able to be able to score points that way. That was that was the uh, that was my backup. I still like the first one better, but since Chris had a better idea, I think I'll let him have that one. <laughs> <laughs> you could have gone think, first. Uh, yeah, that's true. I was going to say, did they do something similar to that at Nova the one year? So the only thing that I can think of close to that was the Hunger Games, which is the other like honorable mention that I wanted to bring up because Hunger Games was a ton of fun. And they, I'm sure you can still find the rules floating around out there. I don't know. Well, the Ace is High is in the, uh, is one of the official formats they have in, uh, what the hell is that product called? The, the multiplayer box, not the Epic Ship cards, but there's the multiplayer box expansion that has all of that stuff in it it's one of the official formats in the yeah but is uh, it still the same as what hunger games was because epic games battles was... multiplayer expansion but so you don't pick up upgrades and stuff by flying over right, them right because but... that was the other fun thing is that you had all these markers in the center of the board and if you ran into the cornucopia and you snagged an upgrade it was a random upgrade that whether your ship could take it or not you actually got it and that could win or lose you the game just on some of those random upgrades like i remember games um at nova open where we ships got like and this is again first edition so like heavy laser cannons were a big deal back then um you had like that was the death card yeah, exactly. Because as soon as you got it, you became a target priority on the board. Oh, look, a Z ninety five's got a got a, a heavy laser cannon. We got to kill that thing. Yeah. For those who don't yeah, know, no, what, what I was, the idea well, was is you had a bunch of generic pilots. You had a bunch of ships that you could choose from. All of them were generic, and you played anywhere between eight and ten people on the board. So every person piloted. But did did Aaron not invent Star Vipers getting the curvy barrel roll for Hunger Games? 
because he did work to try and balance all of the ships and stuff, didn't he, by changing our initiative values and um, giving special, like giving boring ships extra stuff to make them fancier. I'm pretty sure I recall him doing something with twirly barrel rolls on them. Or maybe I'm misremembering it all. But You're talking sloops before sloops were a thing? So, you know, the, the Star Viper barrel rolls with a one bank, not right. a one straight. So, yeah. So, it does uh, banky barrel rolls. And I think that was a Hunger Game thing. And then it got incorporated into the game. Hmm, Aaron's famous. You oh, Aaron is famous, I, I, but... I don't recall. You very well may be, very well may be correct. But yeah, so you had a whole bunch of generic ships that you could pick from. And then in the center, they had all these markers. And then everyone kind of starts on the t- on the edges. And it's just like the movies. And there were like rocks around the markers. What's that? There were rocks all around the markers. So you had to fly in through the rocks to get to the upgrades. Correct. Correct. I was getting there. Um, but yeah, so you went into the marker and then you literally pull a random upgrade from a stack. And go, okay, now my ship now has... Um, I don't know. I can't think of a, think of a, uh, enhanced sensors, sensors, even though you didn't have the slot for it on the ship, whatever. So you could sit there and if you wanted to is mine the cornucopia and just start building up ships, which is what some people did. But it was interesting to see how that game worked out because with eight people on the table, like everyone's always afraid to be the first person to shoot because the minute you do, you start like, that was the whole idea was you had to be the last person standing. Once you, the last ship on the board, that's the one that won. So that was a, that was a really cool event. And that's, that's a quick one that's a ton of fun and it's a it's it's a different way of thinking of x go on chad oh i was gonna say ed you were there that year that i took like a first place a third place a first place and then everybody got pissed at me and took me out first yep yeah because i beat you that one game i was completely hammered out of my fucking skull when i beat you yep (laughs) and then the next day chad's like huh like literally I fly and shoot better when I'm drunk. Truth. I've seen it. Oh. I like the, the other one I liked that um, seemed like it could have been interesting that I posted when I was like, telling you guys what I meant was uh, like the no duplicates of. So it's not just no duplicate ships or pilots or upgrades, it's no duplicate anything. So if you take an initiative ship, part, an initiative six, you can't have another one. If you take an initiative two, you can't have a second initiative two. Hmm. You, you can only have one one of each. So if you take an X-Wing, you can't have another X-Wing. And That's interesting. Like, that would everything everything has to be unique. I thought that was pretty fun. Uh, um, and then I was like, oh, just doing the the squad, like the literal squadron one. So it's like, I want to take Wedge and then generic X-Wings. I want to take Howlrunner and generic TIE Fighters. But I think you're about done at squad building there. Uh, what are you going to do? Take Vader and generic tie advance. <laughs> well, that was one of the other things that I proposed in the original conversation that we were having online was the um, theme. So like, if you wanted to do like the trench run and you wanted to take like Luke Biggs and, uh, and wedge against mm-hmm. Vader and all, someone's going to call me out for not knowing the two pilots that were there with him. Mala and, and um, uh, it wasn't Backstabber. Was uh, it's it? Wing Gundark, I Wing think. Gundark, that's who it is. I think it is. Oh. I could Google so it. Yeah, it even wrong. Like, I've seen people that did like X-Wing, like this is way back in first edition days, that people had done like the, the trench run, like X-Wing. I don't even know how you would do it and getting movements up and down the, the, uh, <laughs> the trench. But that would have been kind of cool too. But that's again, more of a fun, fluffy narrative kind of thing. I've seen people build trenches. Like for X-Wing? Yeah, like I, I was at a, a... an event or two. And they had a, the the trench set up, and it was like about six feet long. And I remember we had. Do you remember before the um, um, mouse material mats? They had those vinyl ones that came out in the early days of first edition. And the store yeah, had yeah. a had a the, the Death Star mat was terrible. Yeah, it was just terrible. It was so hard to see on that mat. It was god awful. Do you remember? Was that Gale Force Nine or was that Fantasy Flight? It was Gale Force Nine, Matt. Yeah. Do you remember? Sorry. Well, thing, well, real quick about that map, though. If you recall, though, it was all like you could actually, if you had a mind that could do it, you could actually plot everything off that map because of the way that it was drawn out. It actually created like boxes. Yeah. We we had a guy 
at our in Omaha, uh, Dustin Poskichol, who literally could figure out all of his movements on that map because of the way that it was drawn and the way that the the weird ass boxes that formed. I never really saw it, but he did. I mean, he used it to his advantage. That's impressive. Oh yeah. And I know people would lose the rocks. They'd like forget where the rocks are, and they'd like somehow yes. lose sight of them. Yes. I I never did. I I I kind of you know was able to judge. You know, like he like Sean was saying, uh, judge certain things on that mat easier. And I I was able to see the rocks and remember that they're there and everything a little bit better. And that's probably why I never really lost on that one. Maybe. I uh, do you remember the company who made? resin tiles to be an x-wing mat so you could have a sunken trench that was terrible like they they you we used to have them in the store and the packaging was terrible and the tiles would slide out and because they were really badly cast resin the bottom edges were all like razor sharp i've probably still got scars on my hand from pushing these things back in weren't there like nine tiles in that set yeah it like and you could buy you could buy multiple sets, so you didn't have the trench run. You just had base, and then yeah, could, yeah, those were horrible. I can't even like paint it and take a photograph on it. Cool, but playing a game on it, I can't even imagine. You know, I will say this: it's it's definitely an A for effort. You know, <laughs> they, they tried to. There was a lot of that in the beginning, where a lot of people tried to create unique things for the game. You know, there was the. I think it was like an Adepticon or someplace where they had the trench run where they built out a whole table that was just a trench run. And then at Nova, didn't they have like a Star Destroyer that was part of a map too? Yeah. Where it kind of gave it a great effect. Just so that other fans can correct me, um, the left Vader's left wing mate is Mauler. Vader's right wing mate was Backstabber, not Wing Gunduck. Huh! Wing, <laughs> it, it was back backstabber and Miffle, and then Wing Gunduck is one of the pilots at Bespin when they take over Quaid City. Yeah, because Wing Gunduck's part of the Black Squadron. Holler, um, um, uh, Obsidian, yeah, Obsidian Ooh. Squadron oh, for Wing was, Gunduck. Yeah, yeah. So the the five that you see coming in, who are they? Because um, <laughs> the first you see that the five that are. Literally, you could tell they were all mapped together so that they all turned exactly the same yeah. in the movie. Did they have those five pilots? So you have Black Leader is Vader, Black 2 is Molo Miffle, Black 3 is Backstabber, Black 4 is Dark Curse, Black 8 is un, doesn't have a name, but it's DS618, Black 11 is Wampa, um, then you have um, Villain Dance, also fully Black 11, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Chaser is in Black Squadron as well. Lieutenant Tabarus is in Black Squadron. But yeah, but yeah I, so I would assume it would be Black 2, 3, 4, 11, and 8 then from what we have, which is Marla, Backstabber, Dark Curse, Wampa, and Unknown. So where does, uh, what's her name fall? How, how Runner fall in? How Runner is Obsidian Squadron's leader. Yeah, she was on Yavin 4. Or she was on, on Bisman, sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> She's one of the two that chase the uh, Falcon. Falcon after, yeah, after yeah. she collects, Leia collects Luke at the bottom. Gotcha. So, really quick on that note, is that all fanfic or is that all Lucas? That's all official through different things. Okay. Yeah, mostly the card game is where they started naming some of these pilots. Okay. So, like, whenever, um, oh, what the hell was the name of that company? Oh. <sighs> I've got cards sitting right here behind me. I just don't want to go out and reach them. But it was that first trading card game right around the same time the Magic started that they started putting some of the movie stills and they started actually giving those official names to some of the th- things like that. Because like you always you had the action figures that gave um, names to things, but whenever it came down to the ships, no one really cared because you didn't have nobody cared who the pilot was that was with Darth Vader in the trench run. So the 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 card game came along. And like oh, that's a okay. decipher. Yeah, thank you, decipher. That's the name of the company. Gotcha. The internet's a wonderful was thing. Such a great game. Oh, was it though? Was I it? Had so much fun <laughs> playing that game. I mean, yeah, Ed used to I, play games. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at your uh, your argument. There, it's such a good game. Reasoning. I had fun playing it. 
Yeah. <laughs> True. I, I, I cannot assault that logic. There are people who still play that. That's that unassailable logic right there. Yeah. Okay, so if we want to get into real logic, that, that's Pacific, Rim, Pacific Rim is a masterpiece of movie making. I enjoy watching it. All right, so if we pick it out of my own personal bias, there are people today that still play and update that uh, decipher Star Wars game today. There are people there is- today who still read the Jedi Academy series by Kevin J. Anderson. You're an abomination. Do you know this? There are people well, out there. Well, I, I said that I wasn't, I, I wasn't going to challenge you on the, the the fact that you believe that the Decipher CCG was a good game. You you had fun playing it. I will not assault that logic. <laughs> Except you did. That's your sideways <laughs> way of doing it. <laughs> but yeah, there's still people that play the, the Decipher Star Wars game. There's still, <laughs> still a living community built around it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There's, there's people me. who still enjoy watching episode eight. <laughs> yeah, there's well, people who enjoy watching episode nine. I would be one of them for eight for sure. That's okay. They're going to record all those movies directly out of the, out of continuity. Yeah, yeah. Keep dreaming. Oh come on, let us let us keep the dream. <laughs> oh no, there there. All right. So I again, I attest no truth to this whatsoever. But there is an episode in Star Wars Rebels where they introduce the veil of the force and the current clinging to the love for the love of God. Can we please just pretend those movies never happened? Um, crowd in the Star Wars fandom believe that the um, eject button for these is that they are going to retcon all three of those movies out of existence and put them into legends by using the veil of the force to say that none of it happened. Because and, I guess the current. And every fanfic ever written about this story, about these stories, all came true, right? Right. Now, I know. I know. That's why I... I Only the Raylo ones. Yeah. I genuinely put no... I can't possibly imagine that Disney would do it. I can't possibly imagine it. Like, I'm on board with the fact that they... I can totally see them not moving forward with those characters in future movies or, or future projects. And that they would look backwards chronologically... Night to the Old Republic time frame, keep up with what happened in between episodes six and seven, stuff like they're doing with the Mandalorian. All of that I can buy. I can totally buy all of that. The one $3 billion uh, movie series. So so let's nope. throw this out there. Let's just throw this piece. The original trilogy is done. It's over. It, it long served, you know, it's done. You know, after episode four, I know everybody's favorite is episode five. It's uh, whatever. Um, but after episode I struggle, four, I struggle with four. I struggle with four and five, to be honest with you. See, four is four is great because it introduces everything. Yes, and yes. it has and it has two great battles. It has a beginning battle where it shows the struggle, and then it has an end battle which shows a struggle. Empire has a beginning battle which shows a struggle, then nothing. Uh, Return of the Jedi, Empire Return of the Jedi are like bookends because Return of the Jedi has no beginning battle and then it has the best ship battle. Potentially, you could say, what was it, Clone Wars was the, or not Clone Wars, the uh, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith is good. That opening 15 minutes of Revenge of the Sith was so good. So, but Star Wars had it at both ends and it showed you exactly what everything was about. That's why Star Wars is so good to me. The rest is just, you know, it's like you just had to do sequels and sequels and the prequels, whatever. You know, I liked them. I liked Episode Eight. Seven was just a rehash. I didn't mind it. Episode Nine was just total shit garbage to me. <laughs> At least we can all agree on that. Yes, but but my point is, is that there's no reason to retcon these things into you know into legends. How about right. we just how about we just end the original trilogy? Everybody has their angst and anger because Luke wasn't who they thought he was gonna be. Uh whatever. Let's just <laughs> get rid of it and let's just have more Star Wars. Let's just have more Star Wars universe. And and I've always said this, I could care less if you show me a movie of two hours of Obi-Wan sitting on a toilet on Tatooine. It's still Star Wars and it's still giving yep. you something, you know. Luke's still alive. Yep, cool. Go back to my <laughs> Go back, yeah, exactly. I yeah. made this thing. Obi-Wan uses the, the force to get another roll of toilet paper from the closet. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that that would be 
perfect. I make the same argument that I make with uh, Game of Thrones fans. So Game of Thrones, at least as far as what we know, if the story of Game of Thrones takes place over the course of about five years. There is so much that happened before. There's so much history that happened before that we would, we've would we we've only ever gotten tastes of, just a little whiff of what potentially happened in the past of this particular event, but we don't know any of, any of that. Fire and blood happened. Fire and blood, this is true. But it's the same hedge hedge but, night happened. But isn't that the same, thing, same thing with Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit? You know, you had the whole Samarillion, the whole history. Yeah, you have all prehistory. It's the same thing with this. That's why I'm strangely looking forward to the Amazon series because apparently it's all Second Age stuff, which is like before Sauron or before yeah before Sauron became Sauron, and he's still like basically human. Like I'm really like I, I I'm cautiously optimistic with what Amazon's going to do with that series. Is Hugo Weaving going to be in it? Elrond's alive at that time, so I don't I don't know if I don't know if Hugo Weaving's going to be in it or if the character's going to be in it, but he has to be because Elrond's a major player I mean, in that. Hugo history. Weaving said he wasn't doing blockbusters anymore, it's so blockbuster I don't know if he's going to do that though. But when you look at Star Wars, so you're talking about these other shows, other movies. That's what Star Wars can do. You know, they can do the there. There's enough at least. I don't know because I don't know what Lucas did. You know, I was never a I was never a person who dove into that Lucas world and the Legends world of Star Wars. I've read the Timothy Zahn books and a few smattering of other books. You, you're fine stopping there. Like if all the only books you ever read from Legends were the Timothy Zahn series, you would be fine. Yeah, and Thrawn and those books too are pretty good, but. Yeah, my my point is, is that you no, know the new ones he's talking about the new oh, ones, yeah, oh, new ones. the new continuity ones yes but my point is is that when you look at because you had you know the the old republic so you had that whole time frame in a video game mm-hmm. it's one of my Which son's favorite canon. video games to ever play still canon it's the and only it's video canon game. It's so you can draw that, from that trash to the uh, legends uh, trash heap whenever they they took over but you can you can you you have that entire world you have yes <laughs> you know you have the you think about it this way you have the entire outer rim you can explore which they've kind of done in the mandalorian but exactly. there's more of it you have i love rogue one because it showed kind of a different side of of the rebel alliance so you can explore that that's what i'm hoping the cassian andor series does is it, it brings out more of that dark world of the rebel alliance the you know, wherever you have good, you also have to have that CD side. And let's do a flip side of that. Let's do a flip side of that. And let's have a, let's just pick some you know, Moff Jer Gerard, you know, and have his life story. You know, you can literally just pick and choose whatever you want and you can create everything out of that. And between technology and what they've done with the Mandalorian, how that technology is going to revolutionize anything anybody ever does in Star Wars. And if they don't use that system in the future, then you're an idiot when you're doing Star Wars because you program it as a video game. That's your storyboard, you know, and then you just go on and on with that. And my hope is that that's what happens, you know, that, that they explore these other elements of Star Wars that you don't, that really Lucas never put out there, you know, he put the pieces, you know, to me, Lucas, all George Lucas did is he put the the edge pieces of the puzzle together, and the middle still has to be put together, you know, by the future, you know, the storytellers. Yeah, and, no, I agree with that completely. And, like, and, I want to, I want to see an area that, like, definitely between Old Republic and there. Like, I want to see that time frame in between. There are so many stories and characters that we know nothing. About. Yeah, I and mean, you could do a whole Sith storyline. Yes. You know, which would be awesome because you could see it from a from different their perspective. perspective. Yeah, that perspective side would be awesome to see the Sith before the rule of two. You know, before they ate them, you know, before they, they basically ate their young. Yeah, before Darth Vader. Yeah. Absolutely. There's so much you could do. But getting back to X-Wing, all of this could play right into X-Wing because you could do eras. You know, X-Wing right now is doing factions. But you could do eras, kind of like what they did in Legion with the Clone Wars, with all of that. And they're kind of, instead of doing eras, they're doing kind of smattering everything together into X-Wing. You know, they're they're doing what they have to do to keep the keep ships and keep the game going. Well, you get the era thing in that it, the only one that's cross-era is Rogue's, uh, is Scum and Villainy. Uh, you have the, the prequel era, the sequel era, and like 
my, my thing is, though, is that you're able to fight them, you know? Oh, just, yeah. You know, just like you are in Legion, you can take Clone Wars era, uh, the, ro- the, the droid armies yeah. versus the Imperials, if you want, you know? Yeah. But everything that they can be fodder for plastic. Yeah. And that, to me, is what will keep X-Wing going as long as, you know, as long as the COVID-19 and all this shit doesn't kill it, which I'm hoping it doesn't. But having a long break like this from tournaments and the things that drove the game could damage it a bit. But if they keep putting product out, which is important, it'll keep the game alive. Yeah. All right. That was a great discussion, Chris. I think so. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I enjoyed it. Well, I guess we'll kind of go ahead and button up because we are running a little bit late and I do have that work thing in the morning. So, oh, I thought I heard someone drop out. No. I did not. No. Must have just got a message. <laughs> you're, you're, you're hearing must, things, old man. Uh, no, I must have gotten a message in. in <laughs> it's one of those 40K channels that I follow. I must have gotten a message in there. That's what it was. So, I'll, I'll, edit, I'll edit out you more on this. Uh, I, I won't, but I'll just tell you I will. You Go should. Ahead. You should. I will. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for this episode. do want to thank everyone for tuning in. At least we try to keep it mostly on Star Wars topics and mostly on X-Wing for the most part. Uh, Sean, always good talking to you, my friend. Yeah, it's good to be here. Good to be back. Uh, hopefully I can stay consistent with this, but just summertime schedule is a little more difficult for me. But, um, you know, it's enjoyable. That's the best part. I get to talk with my friends. Absolutely. You cannot beat that. Can't beat that. Half the reason why I do it. <laughs> Three quarters of the reason, actually. Chad, always good to talk to you, my friend. No, always great to be here. Um, like Sean said, it's great hanging out with you guys, talking at least on here and everything. Um, looking forward to D&D tomorrow. If that boy of yours tries to cancel, just tell him, hey, that there's some COVID going around. He can't leave the house, so he has to stay home and play D&D. Yeah, no, I know. He was helping them paint. That they're, I don't, I, I don't, they've been, they have, ugh, I'll get into that. I'll get into that off air. I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to, some of the crazy stuff that's going on on that one. But yes, I will make sure that he is aware. <laughs> and then, like I said, hopefully like within the next week or so between, hopefully between now and the next time we record the show, um, I would at least get a, a thousand point test game done on tabletop simulator for 40 K. Me and Laura are going to go play some tomorrow. On table? Uh, no, no, no. The, the apps you sent us. Oh, TTF. Okay, good. Well, if you do it, uh, you're going to do it tomorrow. Oh, you're off tomorrow. That's why. I was like, when are you going to do it? We've got yep. D&D. Oh, that's right. You don't work on Monday, so you can do that. Yeah, I'm awesome. Uh, imagine having a day off. I know. <laughs> uh, my days off are taken up by being a dad and not having a day off. And then I, so I think Wednesday afternoon, I'm going to, Evie's going into daycare on Wednesday morning for a full day. I'm going to work Wednesday morning. So when I get back, I'll have about three hours, which will be taken up with probably editing the D&D session to put that online. So my time off is editing our D&D game. I tried to do all my work to make sure that I had free time this week to do it. I even like have posted, edited, and uploaded already two videos for YouTube. I already have one more in the can. I just need to get it up. Um, so that should free up some time. What I need to do is I need to, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy coming from me. I need to stop painting miniatures and actually start playing with some. <laughs> That's the problem. So like, I'm so hyper-focused on getting one thing done that I need to like stop that for a day or two and say, I'm going to, tonight, tonight I'm playing 40K and not sitting down and building 40K. That's what I need. Chris, always good to talk to you, my friend. It's always good to be here, Ed. I'm uh, pretty glad we got this one sorted out. I thought it was going to be an interesting topic, so hopefully people enjoyed it and take some ideas. And uh, jump into Discord, give us some feedback, and maybe we'll try and try one of our games out. I would probably put my vote for Beowing, if I'm being honest. <laughs> we have to record that session if that is the case we have to record that <laughs> like we um, need video and everything because <laughs> you need um, proof you need to be able to go ha ha i got one done that's terrain i'm putting it right here <laughs> um then the other thing i'm going to be going through i did manage to grab uh one of the event kits because i know we can't play it a minute so I was going to kind of divvy that out to go through to Patreons as well as a, a thank you. So the next batch of mail-out stuff is getting getting sorted out. Obviously, there's only one winner prize and stuff like that, but we'll we'll do that all on the next show. We'll we'll I'll work out 
what I need to roll for, and we'll just give out a full event kit for the next the next show. So Ooh. hopefully people can get stuff. They'll have to decide whether we're good. Yeah. yeah wait. This one is the uh, the Aether Sprite and the V19s. Uh, so I'll, I'll even unfold the box so I, I can put that in an envelope for someone as well. Because you can put cards in it. So, nice. Yeah, that's what we're doing the next one. So if you want to be in a chance of get being guaranteed to get something um, and also being guaranteed to pay us a dollar, sign up to Patreon and give us a dollar. We would appreciate your dollars because it pays for all of the hosting and editing software. So, thanks, guys. I'm terrible at asking you for money. It's good. It's <laughs> uh, tradition. Don't you have some other like like uh, house cleaning you got to do? Well, people can email us obviously at lackoffocuspodcast at gmail dot com, and uh, we kind of answer those. There is the Dice Hate Discord, which you can find in the link to the in the show notes which we were all on. We chat on there. We're currently all discussing uh, Netroom's Pride game that Ed's throwing away again. I'm completely... I I stopped looking at it for a day and then I made a bad decision and I can't get out of it. Greg's going to hate me. I'm not looking forward to tomorrow night. Oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. He's not a wizard. He's not going to just blast you with a fireball. uh, I don't know that. I would. I blasted uh, it with a fireball once. Yeah, I, did. I didn't. I, I didn't ask how big the room was. I said I cast fireball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's all the housekeeping. All right. Well, thank everyone for joining once again. Looking forward to seeing if anyone uh, does elect beer wing to be when we play because that'll have to be on a night <laughs> I don't go into the office the next day, <laughs> so I can kind of at least be hung over at home. That'll be fun. So. Anyway, that's going to do it for this one. Do appreciate everyone tuning in. And as always, guys, fly casual. Thank you once again for joining the Lack of Focus X-Wing podcast. Check out Dice Hate Productions for all the latest episodes, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you again next episode.